Hi, friends, and welcome to The Afterword, a podcast where we meet up to have a deeper conversation about the truths we're studying in the Bellevue Women Bible Study each week. I'm your host, Donna Gaines, and I'm here with my co-host, Jean Stockdale and Dana Street. And we're excited to welcome our special guest and friend, Laura Simons, to the podcast today. Today, we wrapped up our study, This Present Kingdom, the disruptive message of the Sermon on the Mount. As we talked about kingdom wisdom and choices, the wide or narrow gate, the good or bad tree, and the shaky or firm foundation, Jesus makes it clear that those who make the choice to follow Him will receive untold blessings as citizens of the kingdom of God. You're listening to The Afterword. Oh, Donna, the message today was so good. What a way to wrap this study up. Oh, didn't the Lord do a great job? (laughs) Oh, he did. I wrote down so strong. One of my favorite lines was this is not a message about reformation of one's behavior, but internal transformation of Mm. the heart. Mm. To me, that wraps up, encapsulates the message of the Sermon on the Mount. Yes, it does, doesn't it? He started off with the heart. He started off digging down deep, didn't he? Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) And I love that. I love that he focuses on the inward man, which we know, once again, that's a theme all the way through Scripture, Mm -hmm. where God says he doesn't look like man. He looks at the heart. And yet we sort of love religious activity. Absolutely. Because it makes us feel so good about ourselves, and we translate that into being a good person person. Right. This whole message, talk about the disruptive message of the Sermon on the Mount. This present kingdom here and now, this kingdom that he's talking about has nothing to do with religious activities. That's That's not the basis. It's the basis of relationship in Christ. Mm -hmm. And then what flows out of being filled up with Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. And Dana, you've done such a super job with our openings and closings. Mm -hmm. Today was powerful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Several people have asked us yes. um, the name of the song that Lauren and Caleb sang at the mm-hmm. end, and uh, the name of it's Benediction. Mm-hmm. And Charity Gale is the one that wrote the song. Of course. She did. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful. Uh, oh, my goodness. She did a great job. So we'll send that out. It was so stirring, and it was mm-hmm. absolutely the perfect conclusion. It's what the Father wants us to do is to be released, mm-hmm. to be released to do the work of the kingdom. And to be his hands. Oh, I loved how you went from the Sermon on the Mount to the Sermon on the Move. And that's exactly what he's called us to. That was beautiful. (laughs) But you're right. It is what he's called us to do, not just to sit and soak. Yes. I think it's Peter Marshall that said, when we read the Gospels, if we would just get to the point where Jesus did something and then put our Bible down and go do exactly what Jesus did, Our lives would be transformed by that obedience Mm -hmm. and just by loving the way he loves. The whole lesson of the Sermon on the Mount to me is so simple. Mm -hmm. You know, if I was going to put one word on it, a verb, it would be love. The noun would be heart. And when God does his work of love in our hearts Mm -hmm. and then love is what flows out of our hearts, we're different people, mm. Mm. and we, those are the people that in the first century turned the world upside down, Right, and those are the people who will do the same thing today yeah. as we will yeah. just say, God, use me, surrender like we talked mm-hmm. about that's last right. week. Mm-hmm. That's right. Dana, that's the word that's been coming back to me through this whole study, too, is surrender. When you said, if I could pick one word, oh. I didn't pick love. I'd pick surrender, but... Mm. 
it kind of goes in the same vein. Of yeah. Once we do surrender, we too can turn the world upside down. Mm -hmm. That's right. And that's Laura Simon that we have with us today. And she's one of our small group leaders. And so, Laura, we are delighted to have you join us. Tell us a little bit about how your small group has enjoyed the study. What have your discussions been like and what have the women's responses been? It's been neat. It's been really great, actually, because I think I've got this down. I can see where the, the writer of the study has brought us to answer these questions in this way. But every single week, I'm surprised by the mm -hmm. ladies how the Lord is teaching us in different ways mm -hmm. where we are. Mm -hmm. And I'm learning something else and seeing the same teaching hitting someone else in a different perspective. And I'm like, oh, man, God, you are so good to mm -hmm. hit us exactly where we are and then lead us to the next mm -hmm. step. And just to have that perspective being shared around the room. And mm -hmm. it's just really inspiring. Right. And when you said you would describe it by love, it takes you back to the greatest command of yes. loving the Lord and then loving our neighbors. We love ourselves. Mm -hmm. And the greatest command is for our greatest good. Mm -hmm. So the Sermon on the Mount is the fleshing out of that love. What does it look like? Mm -hmm. And it literally is the kingdom of heaven come down to the kingdom of earth mm -hmm. in our midst as we flesh it out. Yes. Mm -hmm. it's, an, it's an invasion. It, it is. really is <laughs> heaven invading earth. And if we could just see around us mm -hmm. the way that God sees things. You know, God, give me your eyes so that I can see people, so I can see situations, so that I can see circumstances the way you see them. And even if I can't see them yet, give me the faith and trust mm -hmm. to know that one day I will. Yeah, that's right. That's I love right. how the Sermon on the Mount at this point begins wrapping up with the two choices. Mm -hmm. And when it comes down to it, Everything is about making the right, right choice. choice. And the right mm. choices has a consequence and blessing attached to it, even as the wrong choice, even as a believer, has attached to it consequences for making the wrong choice. But it comes down to either following Christ are following after the world, the flesh, and the devil. Mm -hmm. And I listened to a message just yesterday. Every once in a while after I've done my study and turned my hand mm -hmm. out in, mm -hmm. I'll get on YouTube, and there are certain pastors that I like yes. to listen to, and I'll search and see if they have a sermon on that particular passage. And I just put in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 7, 13 through 29, yesterday, just to see who would it pull up that I've never listened to. And a pastor, former missionary, came up, and it was a nine-year-old message to a youth evangelism conference when oh, wow. he said how impactful and how just painful it is for him to come back to the States and see how many people mm. claim to be Christians without any life change. And so when you get to that part of the Sermon on the Mount, that's so difficult for us when he says, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not? And he said, these are the religious. These are the ones who are in your church. These are the ones who are serving and think they're on the right path. But they practice lawlessness. So they're still living in sin, still living in willful rebellion against the Lord, even though they may be outwardly religious. And they are going to hear him say, I never knew you. And I tell you, that just shook me to the core. It's it really stout did. stuff. It really is. So often we will observe someone whose life is testifying their love, their passion are the things of this world. And it's interesting. Sometimes if you ask them about their background, their church affiliation or whatever, they will quickly say, that they're saved. And when you mm. press in about that, it will be because their grandmother was a Bible teacher mm. in her church, or they were had walked the aisle when they were four years right. old, and they're trusting in that decision. When in reality, what the Bible talks about is your life right this moment, testifying with good fruit of righteousness, mm -hmm. the fruit of the Spirit, is it testifying that you belong to Him? Because if you've actually entered the small gate, 
you're on the narrow path mm. and your life should testify to that. Yes, yes, you're exactly right. It is progressive. It should show a forward mm-hmm. movement into the pressing into of the things of the Lord. That's exactly mm. right. And this week we were looking at a spiritual discipline that we don't normally talk about, but celebration. And that should very definitely be a part of the believer's life. We mm. saw it in the Old Testament with the festivals and the celebrations that God actually commanded. Mm-hmm. And so that's actually why I invited Laura, because I think she's so good at doing this. And I've watched her with her children. But not only that, she's a faithful teacher in our youth department. And she's been so intentional with the girls that she teaches there. So I wanted to invite Laura to do that. And Laura, share with us just a little bit, kind of maybe your philosophy of celebration and how you incorporate that into life. Yes. Well, we love to have fun at our house. We love to have fun with our family. We love to have fun with our friends and the girls that we minister to at the church. We just love to open our home and have them in. And we think that people will just keep coming if we keep offering fun. (laughs) So that's kind of what we go with. No, but we had sixth grade life group. Actually, they're not my girls, which is kind of fun to have a different group. But they came in and Grace Wade and I had a little get together because they were without a teacher for a little while. So, But we did a obstacle course in the backyard, which is fun. But we were teaching spiritual truths with that obstacle course. They had to cheer each other on and listen to voices and where to go. And they had Mm, a helper. And like, there's so many Mm. things that we incorporated. But that to me is kind of what this lesson, it's like a bridging the gap of this lesson of Sermon on the Mount versus looking at the discipline of celebration, like bridging that gap with intentionality. Mm. You know, celebration isn't just for having fun. It is for being intentional and hospitable. Yes, Mm. and teaching spiritual truths. And you did Mm -hmm. such a great job with that. The girls that you had all the way through graduation, how long did you have them as their teacher? Well, I've taken two groups through. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I had one 7th through 12th group and another group 9th through 12th. Okay, yeah. Well, in their senior year, you did some very specific and intentional things with them because you wanted them to be very memorable. Share just a few of the things you did. Well, we started by making a senior year bucket list, mainly things to do in Memphis because a lot of them would be going to school in Memphis and a lot of them would be headed out of Memphis to go to school in their next steps. And so we did a lot of fun Memphis-y things just to kind of you know, celebrate being here and maybe last time being here. But our favorite thing was we had Dee now at Donna Gaines' house and we celebrated there and had her speak to us while we were there. And we just thought that would be the pinnacle way to send them out. So one of the fun things that we did and we incorporated even into that Dee now night at your house, Donna, was we paired seniors with seniors. So senior in high school to senior women and they were praying with us throughout the year and sending notes back and forth and the girls absolutely loved that. And then they made dinner for us at Donna's house and ate with us and just shared wisdom and encouragement as we were entering into that D-Now weekend. And that was just such a sweet thing. Well, that, yeah. is precious. Yeah. that is precious. So for both sides, fun. that is both sides. precious. You should have seen those senior adult yes. women with those girls. They were just so excited to be there and the girls were so precious. Yeah, they really got along. It was really a neat thing. Dana, what are some of the ways you've incorporated celebration and intentionality? Celebration, um, you know, there are rhythms Mm -hmm. of just times when you know as a family that you want to celebrate things. And so we've always incorporated those with our boys and with my mom and dad. I think one of the things, just as I've studied celebration, is I've realized that, okay, God celebrated. Mm -hmm. We're created in the image of God. And so as we're creating in the image of God, we are meant to celebrate. And I've really gotten convicted because my personality, my natural bent, whatever it is, is 
I finish here. Do the next thing. And I do the next thing. <laughs> yes. The mantra, the next thing on the list. And the list always has something on it. But I just stop. Yes. First to stop and to be grateful mm. to the Lord mm. for what he has done. Mm. And then to just take a moment and celebrate. Some celebrations are small. I mean, it could just be, you know, sometimes Bill and I'll get through. He'll finish a project. I'll finish a project. And it'll just be, let's go out to dinner and just, woohoo! we got right. this done. Yeah. But we have, I think, as God has opened my eyes to the need mm-hmm. to celebrate. Yes. And to celebrate him and to know he celebrates us. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, just allowing that visual to go through my mind, mm-hmm. it's just like getting a big hug from God. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Laura's done a super job with doing these things with her children and celebrating within their family. And I think just because I've known you for quite a few years now, we did D group. <laughs> We've forgotten how many years ago it's been that she was in my D group. That's when I really got to know Laura and then have watched her children grow and see how intentional mm-hmm. she and Hayden are with their kids. So I just wanted you to share some of the things that you incorporate because part of what I think I see Laura doing is being present. Mm. She is in the moment. And Mm. I love that. And I have to remind myself because like Dana, I can get real task oriented. Now, when it comes to kids and grandkids, I am all about celebration. (laughs) And I, it's like, (laughs) I get so excited about it. But Laura's really good about doing that just within the framework of life. Mm -hmm. So Laura, share some of the things that you guys have done. Well, I think it's important to celebrate big things and little things too. Kind of what you were saying, you know, like birthdays, that's obvious. Yeah. When we talk about being intentional with the birthday, you know, you're saying you are special, you are amazing, we love you, all these things, but bringing that to an intentional part, you know, and when you tuck your kid in the night before, mm-hmm. this is my last time to tuck in a seven-year-old yes. little boy, you know, but tomorrow I get to tuck in an eight-year-old, you know, just mm-hmm. thinking of all those things and all the things that you've remembered through their growing up and all the things that they've done in that past year and how they've changed and grown. It's kind of like a celebration time, even to right. just my mom heart, you know. <laughs> For myself. Exactly. But then thinking through beyond the tucking in of the night before the big birthday, like tomorrow, I'm celebrating you. You know, it's all about that person, how much they feel, being thankful and adding joy to their life. And that is something that we just love to do. That's something that everybody does. Everybody celebrates a birthday. But I brought something to the table. We have a blue plate at our house. And I was raised by the master of making things special. My mom did a great job. And we had a blue plate growing up. And then she has gifted us all a blue plate to bring into our own families. And that is something that everyone can use. I just think it's so simple and so easy, but you don't have to have a party to have a celebration. You know, you could just sit them down. And I was telling Donna today, I pulled the blue plate out just to bring and show you guys. And all the kids in the kitchen looked at me, well, who's getting the blue plate tonight? (laughs) All of their faces had anticipation and excitement because are we celebrating something tonight? And I had to say no, but... Maybe we'll celebrate me, but it's going to be on the podcast. It shows you the joy associated yes. with just a blue plate. Absolutely. Yes. That's why I think it's so important. You don't have to be the Pinterest mom to mm-hmm. show Hallelujah. celebration in your Thank family. You. That gives yes. me great hopes. Yes. <laughs> but you could do something simple because mm. even just bringing out something simple like a blue plate, you're saying, we as a family, this is what we do. We celebrate together. We are here for you. We celebrate you. We cheer you on. But it's also, I know there's a lot of talk about The magic of the family happens around a kitchen table. And that's a time where we can say, we prayed for this and you got it. We wanted you to get this high school application approved or whatever. And you got it. This is so exciting. And we're looking forward to all the opportunities that God has for you in the future. So 
you don't have to make this huge leap right. to make it intentional, mm-hmm. you know? Yes, that is really good. Jean, what are some of the ways that you did that with your kiddos? Because now you're like me, you're getting to do it with grandchildren. Grandchildren. Oh my goodness. Because everything with grandchildren, Dana, it's you and Donna wonderful. both know, it's just, it's just celebration with it them. Is. It's just everything is. Well, as you know, it's my personality type that I don't like to do anything if it's not fun. And so my mantra is if this isn't fun, <laughs> can I make it fun? And if I can't make it fun, and frankly, there are some things in life that simply are not, I try to do it quickly. And so my take on celebrating is because of what Jesus has done for me. We are the only people with any right to celebrate anything. And to me, it breeds on one hand praise. Like you were saying, the project's Mm -hmm. finished. You just take a moment and you celebrate the Lord has Mm -hmm. done good things. You worship him. You praise him. You adore him. You let him love on you and you love on him for his goodness. But I also think it breeds the most unspeakable joy. And I think joy is so contagious, especially when life is very hard. And this has been a tough year. And yet for the believers, we are the only ones who have the right as well as the privilege to operate in the realm of celebration with this unbelievable overflow of the joy of the Lord. He is our strength. His joy is our strength. Joy is the fruit of the Spirit. And in the notebook I wrote about teaching our little grandbabies when we were with them, the fruit of the Spirit, that was going to be the little project for we were going to be with them a week and we were going to all memorize that together. And the little three-year-old wanted to participate in it. And it was so fun watching him. But I told the in the book that whenever we would ask any question that had anything to do with the fruit of the Spirit, he would always respond, Jesus. The answer is Jesus. <laughs> and so we begin to say, that's right. Jesus mm-hmm. is the right answer. He is the answer. And his joy is what allows us to celebrate who he is and who we are in him. That's exactly right. And I loved a couple of the quotes that came out of this week's. And one is from Richard Foster, that celebration comes when the common ventures in life are redeemed. And Jean, I think that's what you're talking about. Yes. If it's not just innately fun, let's make it yes, fun. Let's yes. do something to make this a celebration. And I think that's so important too. Laura, as you were talking about in passing on spiritual truths to our children, mm-hmm. that it is engaging mm-hmm. and that incredible joy that they catch our passion. Mm-hmm. How do you make just the everyday thing a celebration? That's interesting. We do a lot of driving in the car, back and forth. We usually make it a policy for when the kids are in the car to keep it on K-Love or the message. Yeah. And so honestly, those songs for me strike up a lot of conversation. I'll listen to the lyrics and I'll either have a question about Mm -hmm. it. Like, did you hear that? What did you think of that? Or man, this gets me jazzed up every time I hear the song. Let's turn it up. But still like just asking questions on what we hear, what we see, what we pass. And I think that's something that comes easier over time. Like you kind of have to get in the practice of finding intentional things to talk about. But if you just get one or two like conversations started, it becomes so much easier. I remember when I was a young mom, actually, I think Haley was actually in my belly still. But I heard a mom say, talking about Noah's Ark, and this will tell you where I was with my biblical knowledge too, but she was talking about like, oh, every time I see a rainbow and we're in the car, I just talk to my son about 
the rainbow means promises. And I didn't even understand all of that concept yet for my own learning, but it really stood out to me that she was looking for things, connections. Yes. Hey, in the Bible, I read this. And then with my eyes in creation, I see that. And so I'm going to talk to you about it. Mm -hmm. And that's simple. Yes, it is. But you kind of need some of that modeled sometimes or just be struck with the fact that I can do this. You don't have to have a Bible open right. to be intentional. Right. Actually, I think it's even a deterrent sometimes. The kids see the a, a study prepared and they're like, oh, okay, here we go. But if you're just out and about and doing something, then they really are listening. This is out of the overflow of your own yes. devotional life. It's For just sure. filling out. Yes. For I sure. It's, I like to call that Deuteronomy sixing it. Yeah. Uh -huh. That's, that's my life verse. When you sit down, when you walk in your way. Absolutely, that that becomes a part mm -hmm. of you. And so if you're steeped in the word of God and it's coming out of your heart, you can't help but capture those teachable moments with your children. And then to be able to relay to them in terms they can grasp the truths God's revealing to you. Mm -hmm. And I'm always saying that passion is caught more than it's taught. So if you're passionate about your walk with Christ and how God is speaking to you, then you create within your children a hunger to want to know him that way and for God to speak. Like God speaks to mom out of his word. I want him to speak to me that way. Yeah. And I actually look for creative ways too. Uh, we're big Tim Hawkins fans in our house. And we just read about Samson and the kids probably overheard Hayden and I were on the same reading plan. So we were like, kind of hashing out like Samson. We don't love him. Um, exactly. <laughs> but then Haley's like, hey, let's listen to the Tim Hawkins song about Delilah. And I'm like, yes, let's. And so we and her are dying in the car laughing. But then her next thing was, I wonder what other judges we could write songs about. And I'm like, oh, that's funny. such a great idea. But, you know, just little things like that. Bringing in Tim Hawkins. That's yeah. funny. Yes. It's not super serious at all. Yeah, Women's Ministry had a great yes, song about it. We that. did do a song on the judges. Yes, we did. Well, yeah. you know, just listening to you, Laura, I'm thinking one of the ways we celebrate that doesn't cost a thing is through the words that we use. Absolutely. And just intentionally saying celebratory things. I still say this with my boys. You know, I started probably when they were babies, but they probably didn't understand it till they were three or four. But you are my very favorite three-year-old. Mm -hmm. And now it is, you are my very favorite 33-year-old. <laughs> you know, and just mm -hmm. the worth yes. that comes from hearing those words. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. Or doesn't have to cost money. Doesn't have to cost anything. Right, right. It's just, it is the intention of our, the words of our lips. That's right. Well, thank you all so much. This has been a fun conversation. And I think we could just go on and on. But I want to close with this Dallas Willard quote because we love Dallas Willard. Yes, we do. It says, joy that is exhibited in celebration keeps everything else going produces energy and makes us strong. And I think that's true. When we have the joy of the Lord, it literally is our strength mm. and it empowers us for yes. all these things. This is our last weekly episode for this semester, so hard to believe. But we hope to have a couple of special episodes coming your way throughout the summer. And we look forward to being back with you weekly in September for our fall study, The Beginning, His Story in Genesis 1 through 11. The Afterward Podcast is a production of Bellevue Women and Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis, Tennessee. For more Bible studies and other resources, visit bellevue.org women.